1: Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is April 3rd. Andy, how are we doing?
0: Brendan! I'm uh oh. I'm doing okay. Was, it, was a, it, was, <laughs> it was a strange day today.
1: Strange how? What do you mean?
0: I spent a lot of day a lot of the day looking up Curtis Strange.
1: Oh, oh God. <laughs> so bad. We're already we're just thirty seconds in, and we are Diving straight into an empty pool. All right, uh, I did you're, reading all- You're
0: mad you fell for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am mad I fell for that. I, I mean, reading all these articles, SI was, loved the pun, every headline. It's like a strange finish, you know, uh, strange days at the master, strange uh, everything. It was it was, just, a, used it, it in every know, headline. Curtis
0: wasn't short enough to get the short treatment. So <laughs> That's they, true. they used his name instead.
1: By the way, you tweeted the clip, but I've had several friends tweet it, uh, send it to me in text after watching the 91 Masters uh, after our woozy deep dive spotlight. Jim Nance, in his opening monologue, his essay, <laughs> you tweeted this, so go look Andy's feed. Calls him <laughs> Golf's Tom Thumb. There's just... It was amazing what they could get away with back then. We did Lyle on Wednesday. They're calling him Little Sluman. It's just the, the way they talk about these guys' stature. Is, I don't know that would be. We don't hear this about Ricky right now. One of the right? things I'm
0: disappointed about is that we didn't talk enough about uh, Woozy's Sunday outfit and them asses. Yeah. That's true. We wore red plaid, navy, and he put a green jacket on over that. Like,
1: Yes. He talked about it in one of those articles I read, and I just forgot there. I didn't, you know, I left it on the cutting room floor. He thought it was, he didn't think about the green jacket part. He's like, uh, there was some Welsh inspiration. It was, yeah. We don't need to go back down a woo- woozy deep dive, although people seem to enjoy that one. All right. Uh, should we get to the news of the day? You want to do some quick news?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was- I mean, it's
1: all it's all revolving around the schedule. So it never nothing schedule. seems schedule, schedule. Hey, by the way, you said that on on Rose. The, the, every time you say that, I think Justin Rose. He's the first person I think of. You saw that Euro tour video last year, last week about I am not your hero. I am not your hero. It's like Rory Sergio. Sergio. everybody. I'm not your hero. Sergio looking worse for the wear, by the way. He looked like he aged 20 years. Um, So they're all in just t-shirts they grabbed out of the drawer, you know. And there's Rose, branded up, head to toe, like he's on the first tee Sunday at the Masters. MasterCard, Morgan Stanley. He wore the hat. He wore like this. Do you really have to do that for some iPhone video from your, you know, den?
0: What? I mean- Rose? Rose? He's and if we talked about the
1: Hublot he might, watch he might, with he the kids. Cance-
0: wor- <laughs> might be worried about his sponsors bailing on him with with what's going on in the world. So he, you know, this is a good act of uh, you know extending the olive branch, saying I'm he's, here for you. Team Rose is here for you, whether we're playing or not.
1: He's still probably going through, you know, uh, side conversations with Anma. That could be a <laughs> payback he might have to do. I, I don't know, but it was just a. Definitive contrast as they went from, you know, a bunch of guys in dry fits, uh, t-shirts, and then Rose and his, you know, sponsored gear.
0: Like I'm glad pl- the the Rory Peloton uh, contents died down a little.
1: Has it? I don't know that. It, maybe I. I hope it has. I haven't really been <laughs> online. That that needed to slow a little bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing to talk about. We, t- we say this. You, the dregs now, right? I don't.
0: I don't think so. I. I, I don't I have mean, enough time to write all the stuff I want to write.
1: I got this Google Doc going, and it's like impossible to get through everything. There's too many things to get to. I think there's great ideas out there, but there's a lot of content makers. So, all right, let's get to news. It's all about the schedule stuff at this point. Um, we had a report late Wednesday night in the United States. Golf Digest report, Brian Wacker and Joel Beale saying uh, multiple sources had told them the Open Championship at Royal St. George's would be canceled, not postponed, uh, but outright canceled, uh, largely impetus of their insurance policy, which they claim is analogous to what Wimbledon has. They have you know better coverage of pandemic clause or p- pandemic coverage, but they have to, in order to collect on the policy and trigger it they need to cancel it by a certain date and maybe that's why we would get an imminent cancellation when the others have not that the earlier ones have just well we haven't had official US Open but that's going to be postponed
0: I think it makes sense um, given the comments that we kind of scoffed and made fun of about their how much they really emphasized how many fans were coming
1: well that well that, that yeah that's been a prior news topic here, where they the yeah. two hundred thousand rule, where they want to be able to get two hundred, which is why Muirfield and, and Turnberry, for separate, could be a separate last hurdle for those two as well.
0: So. And so that seems to be a huge priority for them is getting tons of fans, and if you can't have fans, like I think that's what they're. Yeah, but I think it
1: becomes a lesser priority to ha- having it at all. Don't you think you kind of I forget don't know. about that and I
0: don't know. It seems like it's a fabric of their uh championship. If they're if you're not going to Muirfield, the best course best open road of course, you know, arguably with the old course. course you're, sure. you that it's obviously a big deal and I guess it's, I don't know.
1: So, so the so we woke up and the RNA had already, in, here in the U.S., and the RNA had already contradicted this. I don't know that they outright refuted it, but they said, you know, all options are still on the table, including a postponement. So it doesn't seem, you know, the Digest report said the cancellation announcement could come as early as today, Thursday, as we record it.
0: It seems um, like the U.S. opens uh, any day now.
1: Yeah. Sounds like they, if, if not pr- likely next week one we'll hear about that uh so then Eamon lynch had a kind of broad well cover had a lot of breath to it mr on, scoop, mr. He scoop. Also, <laughs> mr scoop he also had uh what do you have the uh the pj tour executive tested yeah. positive right
0: he's just he's just scooping around i uh when i used to do, when i was caddying i used to i was notorious for doing two loops a day yeah and, and uh, the other caddies used to call me two scoops
1: oh all right
0: and maybe we should start calling uh Amen that two scoops just a
1: grinder so <laughs> nba has Woj bombs is this now the lynch bomb or aemon bomb with, with all these uh mr scoop
0: <laughs> mr scoop. all these
1: inside intel uh okay so we had that that test positive test at the pga tour and then uh I mean, this isn't one little scoop. It's a bunch of different moving pieces. He said the Masters would be in November. He says um, RNA is still deciding whether it will be canceled. That that seems like that final decision then will put a lot all of these pieces in motion. Uh, if the Open were postponed instead of canceled, uh, he said it would take place at St. George's September 17th to the 20th, which would be a week before the Ryder Cup. The That's Ryder crazy. Cup. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, so we're in Southern England, and then in Wisconsin, back to back weeks. Not not the whole field there; it's only twenty four of them. Um, would would it would do the back to back? What else? The Ryder Cup is in this. According to this report, not moving. Of course, this is all fluid. Assuming that we get back to some sort of normalcy, and you know what, Andy, I'm going to take the optimistic view today. I know the last one we were pretty. Yeah, we're never a little down, so I'm just going to p- assume. We will get back to normal. I don't think we were
0: down. I think we're more on the spectrum of, of we're in the realist camp.
1: Yeah, and listen, we recorded that right after the president of the United States had talked about some pretty grim uh, death numbers. So uh, I will I will take this the optimistic view on this, that we will be back, and it will be an incredible f- fall run with the Masters in November.
0: We're going to US- see what happens when they go up straight up against football. Yeah,
1: that's true. Uh which so PGA which he amusingly called glory's first shot in this article. It's all this serious reporting but Aimone still managed to weave that in it would be August 6th through 9th. Then you have the uh I think it's the Wyndham, then the FedEx Cup run that uh ending around Labor Day or on Labor Day. Then you uh, on- have
0: what? This is the way you said on labor. It sounded like uh, okay. you are about to say on my...
1: Okay. Um, and then in September, a Open, if they don't cancel, followed by the Ryder Cup. It sounds like the U.S. Open could take that spot the week preceding the Ryder Cup if uh, the Open decides to cancel. You also have talk of a potential U.S. Open on the West Coast with multiple courses in, in like the,
0: december, right? No. Oh.
1: I thought it was in uh, just in the fall generally or maybe even that September week. No? I don't
0: think if it's September they'll play at Wingfoot. I think if it if okay. they have to push okay. it further, that's when they bring in. Got it. If it gets out of like if you're in October, the weather might be a little too dicey, you know, to depend on.
1: Yeah. What did we play? We played there in October, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Fall Summit, which was just excuse to drink beers and play golf we and get no really, work done. We didn't
0: really get anything done. We got, no,
1: we had this checklist of business. No, we just immediately got in the big city and you know, went to the bar. <laughs> um, not a productive... Said, went
0: to the golf course in the bar.
1: Not a productive summit. Uh, <laughs> I'm
0: glad our wives don't listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yes... <laughs> So, Tory, which would have two courses available. Pebble, which, I mean, there's spy, other...
0: They'd go Spyglass and Pebble.
1: Ch- championship courses in the area. They wouldn't do Spanish back? <laughs> Cyprus, No. Um,
0: no sloppy poppy.
1: <laughs> they have other courses in the area. Uh, the Master... so So, that's the moving parts with the U.S. Open. Potential West Coast, possibly September, possibly later. There's a lot uh, of
0: ifs and possible the mass
1: the masters would be in november um according to this Uh, possibly possibly the pga tour we can't even get into that they're going to reshuffle their schedule they might they're optimistic they can kind of move events that are canceled maybe to events where these majors would be uh weeks you know a british open or a u.s open but we'll see We'll see what happens. I talked you to Joel Damon this? today, and yeah? he had
0: a decent idea of just, what was that? Of just taking the season and just making it a year and a half. Like, so Starting... just like wherever you get back into golf, just keep whatever standings are the FedEx Cup going for the mm-hmm. until next year.
1: Until the ed- wait, when exactly are you talking about? Until twenty twenty one it ends yeah. through December.
0: because yeah, like you the Core Fairy guys have played six of us.
1: Oh yeah. You can't are you talking about if we started some wraparound in September? <laughs> yeah. We can't I yeah, I don't I don't see how they can do that. But you I, think they will?
0: I have no clue. I i I'm, I'm just I don't know what you do. There's yeah, no good answer.
1: There's no good answer. I, this I, is
0: this is this is a crazy idea. But I am a like I are am guys going to play like eight weeks in a row? Uh,
1: yeah, I think they will. I think they will. I, I listen. I'm taking the optimistic view yeah. of this, and if it happens, this will be incredibly cool. This yeah. will be amazing. Run of totally different, unique thing in our lifetime and of course it's born out of horrible circumstances that don't make it worth it and i'm not suggesting i'm happy it's happening i'm just trying to put a positive light on this it would be very cool there's a master's in november there's a major and then a rider cup back to back there i don't know it's just just make the best of the situation and it could be cool and unique
0: it could be it would be you imagine like when the run if if that happened and then when it was over how you'd just be like holy shit what and if a guy it, got hot? Then it's hot? like the military tribute the next week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what if a guy gets hot? I know. What <laughs> if some like... Bil- what re- if Billy Horschel wins four majors? <laughs> yeah. Could be could be wild. Some guy gets nuts. I
1: do... Uh, uh, also in our news, I do like the Ryder Cup idea of, you know, Patty's like, you know, who gives a flying fuck if the the... The qualifying system isn't, you know, spick and span, right? Just let let me pick 12
0: guys. That should absolutely, in my opinion. hold on, hold on, hold on. What? There's a very important player, number eight, who's qualified that needs to be in that Ryder Cup. Sabo? Westy. I don't think he wants to play. I know that's why he's got to be an automatic qualifier.
1: Oh, okay. Based on Hazeltine, based on comments <laughs> earlier this year, he kind of chuckled that. He's like, "Oh me, oh my, I play the Ryder Cup." I, I don't think I want to do that.
0: <laughs> that's um, why he's got to be an automatic qualifier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. Like, who cares about? You know, there not being enough qualifying events, just have the event, pick the guys and play it. It's not, you know, there's no great unfairness. Just do the event, in my opinion. Um, and similarly for FedEx Cup, right?
0: I don't know. Like, who cares? I, just,
1: I, you don't care.
0: I, I just, of all the things, like, I just don't even think that should be in the, <laughs> like, with all this stuff going on, I don't think the FedEx Cup should, should be like a, a figure. Really fulcrum of this whole plan.
1: I agree. I just say I don't care. Just if they want to do it, just start with wherever the standings are in August and go.
0: I heard they don't. might just let hundred and fifty guys in.
1: That's fine too. That's what Joel
0: Joel Davis said.
1: It's truly wild times, and it's totally unique. And just you know, be amenable and flexible, and go outside
0: uh, outside the box. It would be sick if they did like a huge. Like, every member of the VGA Tour, you got J.J. Henry squaring off against against Rory in the first round, and it's just a a match play all the way. That would be awesome. It would be incredible. It would take, like, two weeks, too, instead of three. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool
1: with all that cash and all that, you know.
0: (laughs) J.J. Henry, Mr. 300, uh, takes down Rory in the first round. Uh, Rory just has a miserable day Henry shoots like 71 <laughs> oh
1: god alright uh, anything else on the news front you care about Tiger, Tiger versus Phil match thing seems there's a lot of thin thinly sourced reports out there that seem say it's happening but I, I, Bob Herrick seems to have more info than most Yeah, Tiger, yeah. Tiger doesn't seem into it and especially given the current situation in the world they PGA Tour hasn't blessed it and may not.
0: Say the PGA Tour doesn't bless it. How pissed does Phil get and how bad does he want the PGL then to happen? I, uh, yeah. See, that's why I, I don't get about the PGA Tour, like how Rory was making this big deal about being a contractor. You can't go play a match.
1: Yeah, I think you can. You just can't.
0: You have to I get mean, him to sign off on it.
1: Right. If there's gonna be TV and all that shit, like it's like the tour does end up controlling that part of it.
0: Like he could say, I want to go play a ten million dollar match for charity for for you know relief efforts, and the tour yeah. has to sign off on that.
1: Uh, maybe if it's on TV. I, I don't know. I yeah. I, I think his point was more about setting a schedule versus but again your independent contractor sort of not fully. Not really if, not if you can't
0: go yeah. play on TV wherever you want.
1: Yeah. I, lo- I mean, Phil is just flailing about, <laughs> doesn't even care anymore. That tweet was such a little like, oh, whoops, did I make that public to put, you know, get the crowds riled up and try to force the tour's hands. You know, the PGL. He's- <laughs> it would be for charity, undoubtedly, and they could raise a ton of money for relief, but Phil is not doing this out of Purely altruistic reasons in my opinion he would be doing it also for another payday for himself but you know there would be a lot of benefit to it I hope I think
0: there's always there's always a lot of uh, variables with Phil and his decisions to do anything yeah
1: okay like Uh, like
0: his coffee diet and his soon to be coffee you know I think What's, he's. Oh, out he's coffee. making
1: out as a, Yeah, there's always kind of a, a long game. <laughs> his for his, anything. his
0: dress shirt, wearing at the at the masters. Yeah, masters. Quickly yeah. followed by a Miz and main sponsorship. Sure. Pos- possibly sure. equity in the company too.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, by the way, go to BixbyCoffee.com. Still shipping. Oh yeah. S- still slaying in slaying in a uh, shotgun start blend. I'm I got a refill. I it mean, is powering me through the, these. Uh, long weeks
0: it was 65 today and i woke up and the sun's out it was great and i had made just this splendid cold brew it was so delicious good was, i was, i was so happy
1: shotgun start blend
0: the shotgun start blend makes great cold brew okay maybe one day i'll i'll make my uh i'll show how i make my cold brew
1: with your sock your coffee yeah. sock yeah <laughs> all right, anything else? Any reactions? Other reactions to all these schedule proposals? Everything's fluid. Nothing's I, I happening. Mean, I
0: don't think I don't at this point I don't think it's worth reacting because What's we your have favorite literally thing no in this clue.
1: Hypothetical universe. What's your favorite thing? What do you think is the coolest or or most interesting part of uh, this topsy turvy makeshift schedule?
0: Um, I would say
1: how about a two-course US Open? It's pretty wacky. I
0: don't like that at all. Not if
1: it's north and south. I don't like it either. A, I'm just it, saying it, that is a pretty significant departure. Here, here's from a question
0: tradition. I have for you. Yeah. Do you think that the USGA, if it's a two-course setup, will have shot tracer capabilities on two courses?
1: <laughs> no. But again, these are...
0: What do you think they would kinds. do with uh, cameras? Do you think they'd have like bacon on one course and Buck on the other course and they could and maybe. Just cameras on both courses.
1: Yeah, you gotta yeah. You could be mobile nowadays. You don't have all the big stuff on multiple courses, but I think you can get mobile. PGA Tour Live has been able to broadcast now on north and south and places like that. They just they don't have shot tracer.
0: But honestly probably my favorite thing would be Ryder Cup with twelve captains picks. That'd be cool. Oh it'd be amazing. Does Patrick Reed get picked? He does. He has to. No, I don't think he does. He's just a yeah, cancer. He
1: he's been he's been really good this year. Is but he's W's? a cancer.
0: <laughs> he's ruined the last two team events.
1: I mean, they won the Presidents Cup, so they barely. About it. I know. Threw everyone under the bus. His Mask. caddy
0: got kicked out. <laughs> I mean the
1: yeah, coming out of Paris he just turned the guns on everybody.
0: does Speth get picked <laughs> if there's 12 captains? No,
1: picks? no <laughs> unfortunate I mean a, a lot can happen I guess Dude, Between uh,
0: you know we've been doing this research and I, I don't know if like I just was naive to this, but how many guys just like win a big event and just they just go missing.
1: They never win again.
0: Yeah, and and Spieth could totally be that with like his last win, Brookdale.
1: Yeah, I mean we'll talk about uh, Curtis Strange. His last PGA Tour win was the U.S. Open '89. Lyle, yeah, pretty much done after winning the 88 Masters. You know, they maybe sprinkle something in afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah but these guys, Woozie. this happens.
1: Woozy, right?
0: No, Woozy won
1: more. Woozy. Th- Uzi he sprinkled? So yeah, he contended at the See, open.
0: There's something about upbringing. I, I, we can t- talk. Let's do, let's do. Duval's a,
1: last win was the Open. Let Let's do Thanks. an ad read. That was a hard left turn.
0: Well, we, we. I was about to get into it, and let's do an ad read. Okay. All we'll... right,
1: you're about to get into Curtis.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, our good friends at Rio Mar are back. RioMarShoes.com. They're back with us after their. Uh, March. Was it March? Yeah, they did the Players Championship Week. The Players, uh, which will henceforth be known as Chainsmokers Week. Because uh, that's the only event that took place, or finished at least. They were here, they were with us for Chainsmokers Week. Uh, and they're back again for April a- in the springtime here. Uh, this is the time to acquire what they're offering. The, the, the yeah, various... F- go ahead.
0: Since we blasted our last ad read with Mar. i've like barely left the ri- my house i've maybe traveled like 10 miles total yeah ar- around my house yeah and you know i've been wearing the shoes a ton around the house they're like my the i have like the fanciest house shoes in the world right now
1: wow to be clear, they're not just house shoes no, as well.
0: They aren't. They they're great. I, I was actually out walking my dog, letting them out, letting the dog yeah. out, and my yeah. neighbor's like, "Hey, those are nice shoes." I'm like, Did, oh, is thank that you. true? Is yeah, that real?" That's real.
1: The neighbor mentioned your shoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Neighbor approved, Andy. They are they are that kind of shoe that I would this is a product I would actually wear. I don't know that I'm super stylish, but I have some standards. And this is a shoe that I would wear. Uh, I have the tan driver, or I'm sorry, the teak deck driver, I believe it's called. Uh, they make boots. What are they called? Chuckas. 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 They make kind of a fancier loafer. It is with the weather warming up where we live. It, I think they're in Florida. It's been warm. Uh, it is the time to acquire this. It is the season to acquire these. They are waterproof. Leathers, which, you know, I like with my kids running around spilling shit everywhere, splashing stuff. I will wear them to the pool, look sharp, wear them to the 19th hole when that reopens, wear them to dinner. I mean, you can wear them pretty much anywhere unless you're wearing like a tux or something. You know, they they, they blend between casual. You could casual wear them with a
0: tux too. You might, just, you might just stand out a little.
1: Might look like a dope. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, waterproof leathers. (laughs) are a genius. So, they say they're waterproof and stink-proof. Breathable, odorless lining. I can't do this word.
0: Antimicrobial.
1: Antimicrobial? Antimicrobial. Microbial insoles. Insoles. I got insoles. What the fuck is that? Insoles. Non-skid, non-marking outsoles. And uh, the bearings, which is where you can really... I, my cousin got some of these, and he thought the bearings were the best part. You can you spice can them up. You can add a little personality, school colors, monograms. You could just, you know, maybe it's too bland, too vanilla. You want a brighter color, something. It's where how you can, like... And they're just easy to flip in and out, switch in and out.
0: They're almost... They're like a classier way to, like, if you change the color of your laces and your gym shoes. You know, you, it's like a brand new pair of shoes, When you change the bearings.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: um, A couple things they're doing with uh, the coronavirus. They're doing mask donations. So they're donating and shipping surgical masks along with all orders. And they'll send the masks wherever the customer wants them sent.
1: That's Um, a good thing to do. So if you order it, you can tell them, hey, donate my mask this way uh, and here.
0: They're committed to keeping their entire workforce in America and internationally and uh yeah so that's great you know they're american company so these are good people to partner with i
1: didn't know that that's yeah. good stuff
0: i bring i bring try and bring a little thing a little knowledge to the table here you know
1: do we do we still have so so the, the mass donation in my opinion is foremost right i mean the oh, product yeah. in and of itself i would wear and i am happy i have so that's good but despite add a little sweet the the mass donation i think is something that should get Get us moving in that direction, and Hopefully it will you use. get
0: a free extra pair of bearings. And
1: SGS is that the code? Yeah,
0: and fifteen percent off your order if you use the code SGS.
1: SGS. So this is a way to support us, support our partners, and certainly uh, support in the efforts to bat combat the pandemic. Anything else on Real Mar you'd like to say? Realmarshoes dot I, I have that URL. Women and men. Oh, Women yeah. and men's. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah mrs fried egg was uh scoping oh, yeah. out some she good. likes a few of those
1: good these these are our style i think they're our audience's style as well realmarshoes.com all right sure. should we get to uh curtis strange
0: uh yeah we should you know a lot of
1: curtis's we did this with hal curtis seems to be a name that's kind of fallen off i, I like do. it it's a good i name. know i know one you do do you okay. know any no. I mean, Curtis Luck is a current pro. Oh,
0: Curtis uh, Curtis James is the superintendent at Old Elm here in Chicago. Okay. He's a friend of mine.
1: It's not as uh, rare as Hal, probably. Right?
0: But there's a movie about Hal, Shallow Hal. Sure.
1: God. But Curtis isn't a name you see enough, in my Who's opinion. was in
0: that movie?
1: That was Jack Black, I believe. Um, Got a picture with him at my wedding. All right. He was uh, at your wedding? He wasn't at my wedding, but he was at, at a place next he, to my wedding. He
0: was around it?
1: Yeah. Will Farrell was getting in the whatever. I don't need to go into it. There's a bunch of celebrities that ended up getting pictures with people at our wedding. Uh, okay.
0: Pretty uh, strange. You I got a little intro here from John yeah. Hawkins' Goth Digest piece. A self-effacing, conflicted, and almost tortured competitor. Strange- what year
1: is this? Uh, when, when are we it? all right go ahead
0: strange okay. trained reigned as america's best player throughout the second half of the 1980s winning 12 tour events and three money titles few could have uh, imagined his successful u.s open title defense in 1989 would become his final tour victory making his career one of golf's great anomalies no one accomplished more on sheer tenacity, but few sh- suffered a harsher case of burnout or a deadlier dose of paralysis by analysis.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I wonder what he means by paralysis by analysis. We'll get into it, I guess.
0: We will get into it.
1: All right. Anything else from Hawk?
0: That's all I all I all I cut for the for the intro. Okay. All right. Want to so, do some rundown of, of a little, some strange facts.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Could be a segment, strange facts. Oh, God. These are basic facts about all Curtis Strange. Right. They aren't strange facts about Curtis Strange. The
1: nuts and bolts that we're giving all these guys as we start to make the case or and dissect them in our SGS spotlight. What are some of his nuts and bolts?
0: All right. His dad died at age 38, him and his twin brother were 14. We'll talk a little bit more about that later.
1: Twin brother Alan Strange is profoundly affected by the death of his father.
0: Yeah. Played golf at Wake. Grew up in North Carolina. Played golf at Wake. Three-time all Virginia. Virginia. Oh, Virginia. My bad. Okay. News right there.
1: Facts is kind of a float. It's it's a <laughs> relative term when we talk about strange facts. Okay, go ahead.
0: I didn't have where he was from written down. So
1: okay, Virginia. Go ahead.
0: Uh, Golf World called this Wake Forest team he was on the greatest team of all time. Had Jay Haas, Bob Bynum, Bynum, a couple names. Yeah. Um, twin brother Alan also was a very good golfer. Yes. Um, he won the 1974 Western Am NCAA D1 championship, individual and team. He Damn. eagled 18 to win by a shot and secure the team win.
1: I got some some on that later. It's amazing.
0: He won the North South Am in 74 and 75 twice. He had 17 PGA Tour wins in his career. He had one Japan Tour, 3 in Australia. He had back to back U.S. Opens. Obviously, the first player to do that since Hogan did it. Um, Fifties. Yeah, Uh, he did it eighty eight and eighty nine. It was uh, it was uh, it was blanking Uh, the Country Club and Oak Hill, Brookline, Oak Hill, and O W G R Peak was number three. But he did a ton of damage before the O W G R too. So like that, he has one hundred and ninety weeks in the top 10 but that's really misleading because he probably would have had a lot more weeks but the owgr didn't exist for some of his career
1: i thought it was 200 weeks in the top 10 Eh, whatever maybe it was similar close but yes 190 200 (laughs)
0: wasn't wasn't omir around 190
1: uh that might be right yeah that may be right highest he got was three Curtis strength
0: highest he got was three important thing is like when he was three, mm-hmm. he was like the only American guy there. Yes, it was all yes. it was Norman Sevy, Sandy Lyle, Woozy, Faldo, mm-hmm. and it, they were dominating. and And Strange was like the American guy that stepped up.
1: Sort of a man on an island there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which. Yeah, I'd like to talk about this later. The 1980s PGA Tour, where does that fall in terms of overall? I mean, relatively speaking. We'll talk about that later.
0: Trying to trying to take aim at at some guys? I
1: just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe it's the Euros were just that much more interesting and and stronger. But Curtis was not one of the, he was stood up. He was one of the few Americans who were in the mix. All right, so
0: first player to top a million dollars in season earnings. 89? Uh, 88.
1: Okay.
0: He had the correct perspective on this also, which I admire. And this is from a New York Times piece. Okay. I guess the first one to do it is the one everybody will talk about, Strange Said. But in a couple of years, four or five guys will be doing it. It's kind of like Arnold Palmer becoming the first player to win a million in a career. Now there's yeah. 40 or 50 that have done it. Uh, so, yeah, great perspective in the time, in the moment, not talking yeah. about how historic it was. He's just like, well, this is just. He had the right perspective on the money list and so career might, money list accomplishment. He might not agree
1: with the Valero Texas Open Power Rankings as yes. we're putting Charlie Hoffman ahead of, you know, Nelson and Palmer in place. People like that. Okay.
0: 3 money titles, 85, 87, 89. So that is like
1: That's real consistency. Oh, I don't yeah. know I, I don't know if it's longevity, but I think it's close to longevity.
0: I mean, for he that ha-
1: kind of accomplishment, you know, yeah. number one money list. He Go has
0: ahead. a peak good peak 5-year run. Um yeah. he had 5 Ryder Cup appearances. He set the old course record. Um, do you have this? In no. 88 he shot a 62 at the Dunhill on the old course.
1: Oh, okay. Um, nowadays that, that's just nowadays that's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> dime a dozen if they did that. You know? <laughs> they got tee boxes on other uh, out of bounds and stuff to you know. Go ahead.
0: Peak run 84 to 89. Played 100 and uh 22 PGA Tour Uh, slash major starts he had uh 12 wins two of which were majors four runner-ups four thirds 39 top tens. so 39 top 10s and 122 starts pretty good
1: solid very Um, solid sandy lyle had four what in majors? I mean, majors. Oh, in majors. I'm sorry. Four yeah. times. Sorry. All right. Sorry.
0: So 18, 18 major starts during this period. His <laughs> it his five year peak. You're talking about the five year peak. Got it. Sorry, I mis misfollowed you. So right. in his five year peak, eighteen major starts. He had two wins, two runners up, one third, one fourth, and one other top ten. Pretty good. Very good. Yeah, like in the mix regularly. Yes. And he wasn't playing the Open. Incredible. He actually says that's one of his biggest regrets. We'll talk about of that. that.
1: Yeah. I couldn't really <laughs> even find like, a. it's like, oh, there's gotta be some great story. this big blow up or like he hates, you know, the food. There's just, they, there's no like real juicy silver, you know, nugget there as to why. But yeah, he, he just didn't go, didn't go. What did you say? He won the money list in 85, 87, 89. He did not go in 84, 85 or 87 to the British Open in his peak. <laughs>
0: So he right. uh, in total, in total in the majors, two wins, two seconds, eight top fives, twelve top tens, thirty top twenty fives, and seventy eight starts. So pretty good. And then, and uh, you know, so his contemporaries at this time in the Amer- in the Americas: Payne Stewart, Lanny Watkins, Tom Watson. Old, you know, they're getting older. Kate. Tom Kite. Larry Mize, Azinger, Stadler, Larry Nelson, Hale Irwin.
1: There were three guys that. Well, I think it was Watson Stadler, Scott Simpson, Scott Simpson's involved.
0: He was like a, a U.S. Open fixture. It seemed yes. like yes, yes, yes.
1: No, I mean that. Yeah, that that was the 1980s. Not not a. The America the PJ Tour did not have the power at the top in no. my opinion uh, comparative to the euros
0: but he was the best American for a good five years here's a uh, here's Nick Faldo on Curtis Strange. Okay. Curtis was a very consistent player I guess you would call it a deep thinker or intense player uh he drove it drove well. Played steady, played a lot of good shots, good short game. He was just a good pro, handled his game very well. He didn't hit any flashy shots, just manufactured it around and in the right way. And I think that's the thing about Strange. We talked about Lyle, like how he had this just prodigious power and all the talent in the world. Like Strange was not that. He was like the guy that was like a scrapper, and he got the most out of what he had.
1: He is neither po- he is neither a powerful hitter nor a gifted putter, but he has no overt weaknesses and is a superb course manager with a compact swing that repeats it that repeats with assembly line precision.
0: And uh, he had a that patch. was when,
1: that was in the eighties, and yeah, yeah, he ended like the putting. Obviously, you know, wasn't a consistent strength, but it got it done for him in '88. Certainly at Brookline, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of it. Like when you think about him, you think about this. Uh, I mean he was a complete junkyard dog like a straight up red ass and, and a real total like grinder psychotic competitor and, and and super intense which we'll get into the details of.
0: So that's which, all I got for the the facts and the it's
1: a good good contrast with Lyle.
0: Very good. He he's like a he you know he grew up with his dad's the club pro so he grew up around golf but I think he Is, has more more woozy in um in terms of like the the way he competed in his drive in his drive
1: yeah scrapper yeah his dad was like a four-time virginia open winner i think played the u.s open as well because i saw they were one of the few like father son maybe eight or ten father son combos that have played u.s open
0: Mm -hmm. you want to talk about the ncaas
1: yeah yeah uh I just I so I read an old Barry McDermott article on the 74 NCAAs. Didn't have a ton oh, on Old Barry. Old oh, Barry. He wrote some great stuff in the 70s 80s. Loved the amateur scene and the college scene.
0: He is like a modern-day Smarten.
1: <laughs> he kind of was. So just a few odd facts. Like he used a, so when Strange was a freshman, he was using a driver that Watkins gave him. Lanny. You Fe- talked about that Wade last guy. time. You talked about that with the uh, was it Lyle? You just or Woozy that was just using driver like, think about that today. Just I, using a driver that was, you know, passed uh, down and handed down to you.
0: A hypothetical I sent you the other day was imagine if Woozy <laughs> used one of Yarmo's drivers.
1: The fifty eight incher. <laughs> yeah. Obscenely long. Well, I think
0: it was 58. Was it 6? I think it was 58. 58. And Woozy is only 64 inches tall. <laughs> Yarmo. <You hurt>
1: oh, <laughs> uh, God. So, yeah, you talked about the greatest team of all time and all that. I mean, as his freshman, though, this is freshman, 74 ncaa's He's with Haas, um, Bob Byman, former U.S. junior champion. Uh, and they were on the Worsham. Uh, Worsham memorial scholarship which was arnie's friend who passed away in college uh at wake um i thought this was kind of nuts how wake forest golf obviously like palmer's sort of the godfather of it and really became the figurehead and this is a 74 article to the people of winston-salem wake forest golf is rated right up there with the invention of the filter tip tobacco joke uh, when watkins and simons played in the 1972 walker cup matches in scotland 80 wake boosters chartered a jet and flew to the matches
0: holy cow think
1: about that
0: that's insane
1: early 70s 80 wake boosters chartered a jet to go to the walker cup and watch watkins and simon that's nuts really nuts so, so Wake is like you know a, a real kind of golf powerhouse, and S- Strange goes there in '74. You talked about what he won the Western Am two, uh, not necessarily as a freshman. He, he, he had a decorated two North and Souths. Um, so the uh, Houston was like the power of this era. I think I saw that, that, since like '56 in this article they won. I don't know. They were always Even winning a runner-up. I think they won twelve times. It said it said they're basically like the UCLA of college golf from like late fifties to mid seventies. Um, Florida was the favorite, so they had Gary Coke, uh, Andy Bean, and others. But strange, uh, the fit strange like is a freshman and locks it up as you mentioned on the eighteenth hole, and, and he's going against Coke is like the big shot. Uh, and he's the one he's going head-to-head with against for the individual. So here's McDermott. The finish could not have been more theatrical. With only Strange and Gary Koch left on the course, he stood on the fairway the par 5-18th. This was the situation. A birdie would clinch the team title for Wake, and Eagle would win the individual for Strange by one stroke over Koch and Hancock. Strange pulled out a one-iron. One-iron. Don't see it many per- of those anymore. <laughs> Hit it perfectly the ball stopping six feet from the cup later he said that he was not even trying hard to make the putt he just wanted to ensure the team title so you know eagle wins him the individual birdie wins the team so he said he wasn't even trying to make the six footer just you know kind of keep it within the friend zone and and two putt for the team title the eagle attempt edged up to the hole caught the right side of cup and dropped probably the only time that a player won two titles on the final hole think about that that's one insane. iron eagle as a freshman to win both titles insane crazy all right so that's what i got on the 74 ncaa title from then on like he kind of had you know made his made his bones as a player to watch he didn't have like the greatest talent or he wasn't the biggest hitter like a lyle or even a woozy as you mentioned but He's kind of uh, like
0: one of those guys that just gets overlooked because he didn't have a discernible skill that you could latch onto. I feel like with golf, what happens sure. is people love to just latch on, like, "Oh, Spieth such a great putter." Oh, uh-huh. you know. But like, what kind of made Spieth when he was really great was he was a great iron player, you know. But like yeah. with uh, you know, with DJs, oh, he hits it so far. Same with Rory. Like, and and that's what happens. Like Snedeker is putting like and and with these guys that are like really good at everything but and aren't bad at anything it's like hard to describe why they're great right right all right
1: okay where do you want to go next we've done ncaa anything more on the family like growing up did you have i i just had like the dad as a club pro and obviously he passed away from Which, uh, i think it was and i ahead.
0: i think like i don't think that he was a club pro he was really busy and i don't think Curtis uh, had a ton of time with him because I found a later thing that uh, I found an article that just kind of talked about like how he didn't spend that much time alone, obviously being, you know, a twin Twin. also factors into that. And, you know, just, uh, you know, he was recalling one of the moments that they spent alone, but it was something that, that, you know, busted him up. And obviously when you, whenever you lose a father so young, alters you, you know, as yeah. we saw with the devolve piece uh a ton i think so he gets on tour and he, he has pretty good success early Here, on hold uh, on so
1: i got a quote from his brother on that yeah losing his dad so this is from his twin brother alan curtis took it harder than anyone i've always thought that's why he was a son of a bitch for such a long time after we fought more than any two guys in, in p class then again if you messed with one of us you messed with both of us so you know his brother saying he really took it harder harder than anyone and maybe that's why it lingered we'll get into sort of his temperament early on tour all
0: right um so yeah, one you, thing you i saw that it, go ahead. that uh happened when he was at wake i guess he got like dressed down by arnold because of like his on course antics
1: oh yeah i have that early, i have that coming too that was a bay hill as well maybe it was both times i don't know but that kind of whipped him into shape uh, There was a lot of bay hill stuff
0: so, so he right. his first win's the Pensacola Open in 79 he beat okay. uh, billy crassert all Turned these announcers pro in
1: 76 i believe yeah okay okay go ahead so
0: he he beats billy crassert and then uh he in big big year is he wins in twice in 80 so he wins the Houston Open and the Hanover Westchester Classic Beats Lee Trevino in a playoff at the Houston Open. So okay. big win okay. there. And then uh, yeah. he's kind of plugged along. He's having like a good career. And I think the big thing, the big first moment of his career was that Masters.
1: All right. right, we'll get in. Can I talk about the attitude problems earlier? Yes. Of yes. your Arnie? In 1982, this is from Sports Illustrated. I forgot the author. 1982, during the second, I think it was Jaime Diaz, during the second round at Doral, Strange, angered that he had driven into the rough, kicked the bottom of his golf bag. This is Doral, as it was being carried by caddy Gene Kelly. Kelly, who was knocked to the ground fin- as he kicked the bottom of the bag, finished the round, but said he suffered back injuries that four months l- later required spinal surgery. The caddy sued Strange. They, they came to some settlement. Uh-huh. Then a week after this, he had kicked the bag and his caddy went falling over at Bay Hill. Strange hit a poor second shot. So this is 82 kind of early, early in his career. Strange hit a poor second shot during the final round and used strong language to tell a volunteer score. She had been in line of his sight after the round, the score 65 year old Peggy Berry tearfully filed a complaint against strange with the PGA tour. Officials were also told that strange had loudly cursed a photographer before the gallery, uh, on the final green after the photographer's motor drive had gone off as Strange missed a short putt. Strange was fined, but the most effective penalty came when an angry Arnold Palmer, the host, wrote a letter to Commissioner Dean Beeman in which he said, the abusive language and displays of temperament, discourteous and ungentlemanly behavior, and thoughtlessness of of certain of our leading players is despicable to me. And that kind of, 82, Strange kind of always remained a little bit of a hothead, but maybe he toned it down a little bit. He went to Arnold, apologized. Obviously, they they were very close from their weight connection and remained close. Um, uh, Elsewhere, like of his demeanor, this is more from SI, Strange says, I get mad because gosh damn, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to shrug it off and say, okay, another bad shot. Like it seems like a lot of people do out here. My game is centered on not having lapses. If I have a lapse, that's when I get mad. It's not all fun and games. Nobody said it was supposed to be. So that's why it gets pissed. It keeps him focused. A little bit like Woozy, right? Yeah. Woozy talked about like a uh, part of my success is because of my Welsh like temperament. I, I I think breaking clubs made me better. Be- being angry gave him an edge. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing you start to realize, like. Some of these guys have just like incredible talent, but they, for the most part, all had like an edge. Like VJ had an edge, right? Yeah. Woozy yeah. had an edge. Duvall had an edge. Like we sure. haven't really like nice guys, they, but they have to have something that drives them for the most part. You know, Corey sure. Pavin had an edge. Yep. Hal was really talented. He probably didn't get everything out of the talent. You know, Lyle was that way too. But like you know the the guys that don't have all the talent have to have an edge. Yep. Um I have this Jay Haas story. It's kind of funny that I uh, I just found at the bottom.
1: While we're doing the attitude stuff or, uh, or what? It's just you from, go with, from go with college house. days. Okay. Go so ahead.
0: this is from uh a, a my shot article, Guy Yoakum. Mm-hmm. Um so it's Curtis Strange telling this story about Jay Haas and how like how he was a prankster and just relentless He says, at wake, he was just relentless. Once, after I putted poorly in a college tournament, he conned me into believing the bullseye putter I loved was a bad putter for me. So I stuck (laughs) it out the window of the van and ground it down to nothing on the pavement while we were going 70 miles per hour. Then he said he was just kidding. And why did I go ruin my best putter?
1: (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, he sounded like a character. awake. there was a story about his wife meeting him the first time, and she said, you know, something. He was, like, kind of being reserved and sitting over in the corner, and he was, she's like, I knew he was the one. And he's like, what? It's like, I was drunk, and, like, on top of a pool table. <laughs> he's just, like, totally contradicted her. He sounded like a like a fun guy. still is. Talk about, it, like, one of the guys you want to have a beer with. Um
0: he definitely La- would be a guy I'd love to have a beer with.
1: Yeah. Lastly, on the attitude stuff, like he ripped through caddies because of this. Um, <laughs> he said Lynn Strickler, who uh, went to work for Fred Couples, he was stayed with Strange longer than Eddie Caddy at the time, which was three years. Um, sometimes it was almost intolerable. Curtis was after something I never understood. I only knew I only knew it included pars and birdies. If something else cropped up, the putter would get jammed into the bag, put his shoulder down, and the ball would get whipped at me, behind his back, at my feet, anywhere. I was the caddy gold glove three years in a row. <laughs> that was kind of a good quote. The caddy good glove. Uh but later he would say he regretted being such a hothead so early on. Okay. So he plugs along, gets a lot of wins, uh, or gets a few wins early 80s. Big moment is 80, the- uh, 80,
0: 85 is when is a big year for him.
1: big year. He wins the money title. Uh, he'd won the Panasonic Invitational in Las Vegas in March alone. So heading into the Masters, he won $289,000 in March alone. It's a lot of money then. Um, yeah, and he then, won the
0: Honda too, and he beat Peter Jacobson.
1: That's right. Jake's that's right. takes. <laughs> And that was, uh, so he, he made 290 grand in March alone. Uh, his wife has their second son and they, he goes off to Augusta. He, uh, 85 by the way, he had 542,000 in career earnings, eclipsed Tom Watson's 1980 record for one year earnings by almost 12,000. And he was play of the year by the GWAA. That's kind of a long time for a, a money title to stand up, five years, right? I don't know. Beating think Watson's so. now? Back five then. Five years. Just what he was talking about. Five Where years next isn't year... that long. Okay.
0: All right. I think like so, twenty five years, I'd be impressed.
1: So he has a monstrous march, two hundred two hundred eighty nine 289 grand, goes to the Masters.
0: Rolls into the Masters.
1: Rolls into the Masters. Almost uh, makes history in that he shot eighty in the first round.
0: And this is insane.
1: Shot 80 in the first round, had plane reservations home to Virginia for Friday afternoon, thinking he'd surely miss the cut. Uh, but he shot 65 in the second round. Played the next 45 holes. So so uh, Friday, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Friday Saturday, and front nine on, on Sunday. Next 45 holes and 15 under par <laughs> after shooting 80. He had a four-stroke lead with nine holes to play on Sunday. We'll, we'll talk about those last nine. But it was just kind of an uh, incredible run after the eighty. I, I forget insane. Um, what the uh, the <laughs> so McDermott had a funny joke. There were rumors all around Augusta that his identical twin brother Alan, played the first round because <laughs> nobody could believe it. He just eighty. And he goes sixty five. I think it was sixty seven. It's just
0: un- I, like imagine. He didn't win. Sorry to spoil it. He didn't yeah. win the 85 Masters. Imagine if he won a he shot 80.
1: Had Strange won, he would have been the first man to win a U- major, US o- major US championship with a round of 80 or higher on the scorecard than John J. McDermott in 1911. 1911 US Open. Um. So, he shoots 80-65, makes the cut, has a four-shot lead going to the back nine on Sunday. Oh, can I just a few other quirks of of like from early on McDermott loves this stuff um Gary Hallberg was like a leader early on and he was wearing a f- like a fedora hat and this is some Bryson stuff this is another Wake legend he was like a four-time first team All-American at Wake Halberg took the lead with 68 and told the press that his hat aided his concentration because he could avoid looking at fans he's a man of this techno golf age and he credits fine play to him Recent visit with a physics professor.
0: No. Yeah.
1: So the Bryson of the 80s. He's wearing this fedora hat as some physics gig to block out fans or something. Gary Halbert, And then Payne Stewart was also an early leader after, you know, uh, Strange is shooting his 80. Stewart was playing with acupuncture needles in his ears. What? The masters. I think Payne's on our list. Apparently, this was a thing he did. He had needles in his ears. And he would like rub them to, I don't know, relieve stress and stuff. Just some goofy stuff from this master. Now, so, now so,
0: we got guys shoveling C, uh, CBD oil down their throat that's, to that's, relieve stress.
1: <laughs> that's a good uh, comparison. Okay, so he comes back from the 80s, four shots lead going to the back nine. He eventually blows it. Uh, Lonner, Bernhard Lonner wins 85 Masters. So okay. what happened? Stuart, uh, or I'm sorry, Strange says I threw up on myself. Like, is very straight up about it. Yeah. Um,
0: he said that, said that when they talked about how he could have won after shooting 80, he said it'd be a hell of a story.
1: <laughs> he birdies 12. So he's got six holes to go. He's got two-stroke lead, six holes to go, the guts of the course behind him, according to the McDermott article. Then he hit it into the water twice. First with a weak, which we learned was a forward into the thirteenth, and then with Imagine a wretched that
0: forward into thirteen.
1: I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you what it was from side hill lie from two hundred and eight yards. It's hitting a forward from two hundred and eight.
0: Different times then. It was Holy hard to hit the ball shit. up in the air. Kind of
1: amazing. Um, and then with a, a four iron into the fifteenth, also in the water. The two bogeys on the two par fives, uh, Loner... Taking his sweet Teutonic time. There's so much. We're gonna to get to Loner. There's so much Loner stuff about how he's got the yips and doing a cross-handed in this Masters uh, inside 20 feet. He made four birdies in the cauldron of the last seven holes, including a b- clinching birdie putt with from 14 feet on the 17th hole. Not an easy green to make a 14 footer, um, and took Strange's jacket away. He made birdie at 13. Or I'm sorry, he made birdie putts of 13, three, four, and 14 feet. On 12, 13, 15, and 17. So, Strange makes the bogeys on the two par five. Loner gets hot. Takes the jacket from Strange after shooting an 80. Uh, but yeah, that, that was it. The, the, there was a lot of like consternation about hitting, uh, going for it in two on 13. Like, I guess, Crenshaw had one laying up. Uh, people were like, you're crazy. You got a two-shot lead on 13. What are you doing uh, but they talked about like how his Arnie influence, right? Like go for it and all that stuff. Uh, this is some great detail from in the crowd. He hacked out a bogey, taking two to get out of the creek. In the gallery, his stepfather, Bill Neal, said, that was a damn good test for my bypass operation. And his mother, Nancy, Nancy Curtis's mom, Nancy, with her hand to her head and her eyes averted, kept repeating, I don't know why he had to go for it. So that was the big one. 13. 15 was a bad shot, but he's like now flipped to trying to have to press. 13 was with the two shot lead. Hits the forward from 208 side. hill lie. Goes in uh, the water. But with months to reflect, Strange says, I take out the same clubs again. This was in a Jaime Diaz, separate Jaime Diaz article later. Uh, so what what happened after this? He's got the two shot lead after a round of 80 and everybody expects this hothead to go nuts, right? He's going to storm off, or he's going to throw his bag into the clubhouse, all this stuff. And he saw it like as a real opportunity. This this time, Diaz article is called "Let's Not Mess This Up," which he said to himself, like walking off. I can't. Like in my younger days, I would have just gone ballistic, and it would have been part of my story forever. So here's reading Diaz. Everyone expected him to throw his clubs into Rays Creek and stomp off, but Strange sensed that he would be forever judged by the way he handled this defeat. I figured, let's not mess this up. And for two hours, he graciously, two hours, he graciously answered questions in the press room. The next morning, he read, among other things, Curtis Strange lost another golf tournament yesterday and won a bunch of of new friends. He talked about his earlier days. Part of me wishes nobody ever gotten to see that side of me because I wish I had won. So, or I'm sorry. He talks about being more gracious talking for two hours. Part of me wishes nobody ever got to see that side of me because I wish I had won. But I'm glad people some people got to see someone other than the hardcore Curtis Strange. Um and he kinda he kind of bounced back. I mean, he beat Nicholas. This is a crushing defeat. Bogey's the two par fives. He bounces back and uh, beats Nicholas and Norman down the stretch in July at the Canadian Open and then wins player of the year, or golf writers, player of the year in
0: 85. Yeah. I had an article, the Daily News, of him looking back on it. Yeah. Like years yeah. later. Yeah. He says, I've come to realize it was a big part of my life, the learning experience. And I say that with all seriousness. Someone will read this and say, That's a crock. I love how he does this. You know, He yeah. like, uh, like, gets worked <laughs> up Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say that's a crock But when do you ever learn anything It's when you screw up and fail When you win you wave to the crowd You accept the trophy You say nice things and you move on But I learned a great deal about pressure in myself It wasn't fun The aftermath it was hard But in the later years it was helpful When I got back in the situation If I don't go through that Do I win my open championships um, And then you go The Masters had a lot to do with it subconsciously. It's hard to put into word, uh, words, but you learn how your body reacts. When I went to the 10th Theater Augusta in 1985, I had never felt pressure like that in my life. It's different. It's magnified. It's tenfold. I'm going, Jesus Christ, what is going on here? <laughs> Shit, you learn how to breathe, but you learn how to handle the pressure and do the best you can. You really have to be at that moment the most arrogant son of a bitch on the planet. You've got to believe in yourself. You don't ever utter it, but you say to yourself, "This is my time." Who's this guy over here? Let me let me get this up and down, and we'll play tomorrow.
1: That's some good stuff, and that's what we talked about earlier. Which is uh, maybe didn't have the booming drives or some like sublime, you know skill in his game just obviously everything very solid but it was more about like the attitude that got him the u.s opens later um yeah yeah he talks I mean, about bouncing back at the canadian open Is you know it proves i w- it proved i wasn't devastated by the masters i was going to play well again someday the masters has been a tough thing to forget and i won't ever forget it but that's how he came back
0: So he talks in this article about when he, you know, like he, I went home and I'll never forget it. I walked in the front door and Sarah and I sunk to the floor and cried like babies. Yeah. Then you get up and you've got to change a dirty diaper. So I was home for a week and then I went back on the road.
1: Kind of amazing.
0: Yeah. Humanizing. He's he's like, that's one of the things I think I really appreciate most about him was like how human he was. Yeah. He wasn't a robot. He wasn't like too cool for school. He sh- he wore his emotions on it. like golf is a frustrated game, and you can appreciate somebody that gets emotional. But in it and the thing he was so candid with the way he talked about stuff after after even bad things like this.
1: Yeah, I I, I reading this that he took two hours with the press makes me think of a decade later when he's the absolute just punching bag for the Ryder Cup loss. And he just comes off the course and takes it. Uh, but we'll get to that eventually. All right. Anything else after the 85 Masters you want to hit on?
0: Um, I but, mean,
1: do you want to talk about the no, not going to the British Open this year, not going to the British Open, 85,
0: 84, 85, 87? Yeah. It was, he said because of money. I didn't, <laughs> This guy's I never... making more money than anybody's made in a season and he doesn't go.
1: So here's the one. This is kind of amazing. Here's one article I found. He defended his decision to stay home. This was, I think, 85. Saying he was tired and didn't want to be away from his family. But the following week, he crossed the Atlantic to play in the Dutch Open. So he stays home, says he's tired, but goes to the Dutch Open the next week. Quote, an event with little prestige that bolsters its otherwise weak field by paying stars like Strange fat fees to appear. Even as agent Hughes Norton says flatly, Curtis should have played the British Open. Strange refuses to apologize for not playing or second-guess himself. Quote, my reasons are still my reasons. He played in that South Africa thing that woozy uh, won, the the $1 million payout at Sun City that's kind of like we analogize to the Saudi payout nowadays where they were trying to prevent athletes from going there during apartheid. Woo- uh, Strange went to that. So but I, I just don't I, I, understand.
0: In the Golf Digest, my shot article, yep. he talks yep. about this. He said, my biggest regret is that I didn't go play in the British Open when I was at my best. Why did yeah. I stay home? Because people told me I had to go. Like I said, stubbornness helps Stubborn. and it can hurt.
1: He talked about this even in 2014 because uh, like, Stricker was qualified but debating not going to Hoylake, Charles Hall third. Said so he wasn't going because of family reasons. And he said like it was it's my greatest regret. Stricker and whoever else doesn't come over shouldn't have that regret. It's not a good feeling. You should go. Peak though. Not Stricker, you know, he should talk to Scott McCarron. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's peak of his champions tour powers, maybe. Uh okay. Jeez. So that, that's that's go ahead. What are you gonna say? <laughs> I'm not gonna do, gonna get do it, there. A McCarran sidebar. <laughs> okay, all right. So we're past eighty five. You got anything else on that money uh, title? I got, I got
0: one stiff So he's starting to play in uh in Ryder Cups at this point. Mm-hmm. And there's just one other funny thing about Seve that he said in this Golf Digest: "My shot." So, okay. Some pros are harder to play with than others, the, and the worst was Seve Ballesteros. <laughs> to say he was difficult is an understatement. To a man, every player who went up against him in the Ryder Cup had a run-in with him. His gamesmanship was irritating, and he never let up. He'd do outrageous, childish things, like <laughs> coughing as you get got set to swing, and if you objected, he'd act wounded and escalate <laughs> the situation. When he put himself into a role of victim, that's when he'd play his best. Just knowing he'd use a nasty incident to play well made me so mad that I'd play worse. There was only one Sevy and a little of him went a long way. But I'll tell you this, he could back it up. If you were own 5 against a guy, that stuff would hack, hack you off too.
1: There's some great writing about SEBI because obviously Strange did well in the U.S. Open. They talk about yes. Seve not because obviously that doesn't fit Seve's like wild ways and recoveries real though. It's like
0: what am just I some
1: great right about like Seve hasn't hit a fairway in the U.S. Open since whatever. Go ahead.
0: 90, 90 U.S. Open at Medina got kind of yeah. got railed because it was too easy. And, yeah. and they said the most damning comment was when Seve said <laughs> it was very fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah uh okay so All what right. do you want to do next we Wins should... money title 87 you want to get to his us opens 88?
0: yeah yeah okay. let's get there so he just is winning a bunch more he's winning a ton of money and at this point he's getting this rep of oh he just wins a lot of events but he doesn't wins win cash a, doesn't win yeah. the big ones and he wins a lot of cash he he kind of gets the rep of uh a ricky almost but he wins <laughs> well, way he more won. than ricky
1: he won three times in 85 on the PGA Tour, once or I'm sorry, f- three, yeah, three times 85, once 86, four times uh three more times, I'm sorry, in 87. So then he gets two more times in 88 before the US Open. So, so uh, a bunch yeah, of wins. 88
0: is a big uh, the I Memorial is a big event. Yes. Um so th- th- this is he describes it as a turning point in an interview. Uh, this is an A position interview. I do okay. remember, though, winning the Memorial. It's a big tournament, Jack's tournament, with a big field and a lot of pressure. I was so comfortable on the back nine on Sunday that I was hitting great shots, and I was reaching my peak. So he shot 64-67 uh, on that weekend. Mm-hmm. Hale Irwin, you know, obviously great player, said, absolutely, he's the best in the world right now. Beat everyone by two in that Memorial. David Frost said, I said two years ago he's among the best, certainly in the top three. Then he reconsidered, right now I'd say it's a toss-up between Curtis and Norman.
1: He beat Norman in May that year before Memorial. So the start of that month, he beat Norman in a playoff at the Insurance Agent Open. So beat Norman, wins Memorial, goes to the U.S. Open.
0: So... So there's a Telegraph article that looks back on the on this U.S. Open um, and Brookline, Brookline, Country. yeah, yep. Um, and they had a great passage here. American golf was suffering from an unusual crisis in confidence in 1988. After losing their first Ryder Cup at, uh, on home soil the previous year, Sandy Lyle's victory at Augusta added weight to the argument that the balance in the world go- in world golf was steadily shifting. The era of Nicholas and Watson was slowly drawing to an end, and although Americans would continue to win majors through the likes of Larry Mize, Scott Simpson, and Larry Nelson in 1987, the search for an American superstar to rank alongside the greats of the past seemed to draw a blank. So, you know, this is kind of what we were talking about off the lead. Yeah. Like, they're in this spot where they just don't have a big-time player, and- And Strange is starting to look at it, and it looked like the guy. And this is where he breaks through. Um,
1: Beats Faldo though.
0: Before the event, he says, I think the major thing has kind of been run into the ground. I've got a lot of time left. I'm only 33, and I'm just in my prime. So this 88 U.S. Open...
1: Boston sounded like, so they did that Brookline 99 where the fans were apparently, you know, just completely nutty. So in 88 sounded crazy. Golf Digest article of P, uh, the famous uh, English writer, Peter D- Dobriner. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. He's a famous writer. I've read his name a bunch. Said, like, something about they like, can't trip over a drunken carryman. Yeah, uh, I Irish. Saw that. Yeah, and like they had this thing called the Boston Tea Party T E E, where they dumped a bunch of Golf Digest magazines in the harbor at the start of the week because they were pissed about calling a bunch of Irish drunks. And then, like all weekend, there was some nut job harassing Nicholas, harassing there's a, there's Strange.
0: There's a bomb scare too. Bomb
1: scare on Sunday. Yeah, I think it was Sunday's final round. They've got the fans, I guess, were cheat- chanting beat LA like, uh, while the Pistons were playing the Lakers. The Celtics aren't even in it, and they're listening to the finals chanting beat LA around the golf course. Um, there was this nut job named Charles Abdenauer, nicknamed Kodiak. This is a Rick Riley review, who had allegedly harassed Strange and other players before. Abdenauer reportedly claims to be Jesus Christ, Jack Nicholas's adopted son and Nicholas's dog, and he was in the 12th fairway. USGA like got him off the grounds, thrown off the course one other day during the week too. How, Quite a contrast. How's how the now. guy get back in? They said he came. I think they said he came every day. Got thrown out twice. All right, so let's get to the golf. Just the, the crowd sounded nuts, and then of course it sounded nuts at 99 Brookline. He's Boston fans. All right. So what
0: about the golf? His putter. Yeah, he putted great. Okay. Um so heading into Sunday, if uh here's some quotes. If there's any guy I would bet on when he's close to the lead is Curtis. He's awfully tough to beat, says O'Mir. Um here's Wybring said he has a fire in him. It's the same thing that said about Raymond Floyd and Nicholas too. With Curtis, you can see it in his eyes. So this is kind of crazy. So in the in the mix there's Really, like, kind of couple guys in the mix. Yep. Um, you got Scott Simpson, yep. Faldo, who won his first major the year before at the Open, um, and Strange, who wins everything but the majors. Right. Um, so, Faldo, <laughs> this Guardian article that was looking back on it from 2005. Yeah. Oh, God. Faldo hit every fairway. <laughs> In the final round. Oh, <laughs> and, and they called it, he just was missing every putt. They called what? it very, like... very West, West Lee Westwood esque.
1: Oh, okay. Just parring it to death, hitting every fairway, missing every putt. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, so uh, it, anyways, it, it, coming down the stretch, uh, Strange looks like he's got it. He's you got know, it, right? He's made all these pars. He birdies a hole. He birdies sixteen, seventeen. And he hits it to twelve feet above the hole.
1: Above the hole, which he didn't know. He said he had never he hadn't been up there that week, right? He didn't know it was like a bad spot to be necessarily, or as bad as it would be.
0: And and his putt runs like five feet by, so he's got one shot lead and he misses the comeback, or all of a sudden Faldos tied. And so he
1: went fairway green yeah. on the seventy first hole and three putted. From, from twelve feet.
0: feet. And then, uh, and then on 18, Faldo hits it on the green. Yep. Strange finds the greenside bunker. Rough itself.
1: and bunker. Yeah. Right? Driving the rough bunker shorter in the L- greenside bunker. Not
0: looking good. And he hits just an unbelievable bunker shot to a foot. You know? Yeah. Yep. Like, Fal- Faldo almost cans his, like, 25-footer, but... Like he's still further than Strange was out of the bunker. It was kind of nuts. Wow. So they go Monday playoff.
1: Monday playoff. Um, Strange is like, uh, like just super angsty, pissed about the boat Can't believe he bogeyed from twelve feet. Uh, so he doesn't. He barely sleeps. They had the bomb scare. Just like a nutty day. Barely sleeps. They go to a Monday playoff. Eighteen old playoff started. I think two o'clock. Right late, late uh, Monday afternoon. In Boston. Yeah. Any kind of I
0: 2 p.m. playoff.
1: I thought that's what it said.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It's kind of smart. Now they would do it at 8 a.m., which doesn't make any sense. You like, think so? Yeah, I do, because people could actually watch it. You, you'd you get, like, people finish work, and they could go watch it. Like,
1: Yeah. Well, it, now there is no 18-0 playoff.
0: They right talked now. about how hard it was to play, uh Faldo did, like there's so much energy on a Sunday and then there's no yeah. fans the next day. Yeah. You know, around. And you just got to be exhausted. Yeah. You know? That's They said that he looked exhausted. It was real. Yeah. it was really hot. It was like an, a crazy heat wave also.
1: So over the extra 18 holes, sl- strange, this is Riley. I think again, strange slowly and calmly wrapped his putter around Faldo's neck. Strange had nine, one putt greens including a six-footer to save par on the first hole, 10-footer at the fifth for birdie, a six-footer to save par on six, a 20-footer for birdie on seven, a seven-footer for par on nine, and the killer, a 30-footer for birdie on 13. He hit only eight fairways and as many greens, and he had to putt well so yeah so the play,
0: like, the play was not pretty because faldo was just not good he made he three, 74 maybe? yeah he sh- he made three bogeys on the back nine that kind of undid him, and it, it, it was kind of you know straight it wasn't it wasn't close for the last three holes
1: okay so strange finally gets his major
0: yeah strange gets his major he gets the u.s open and, you know, obviously he was really emotional. He said, yeah. I have to thank my dad. This is for my dad. I've been waiting a long time to do this. I screwed up the Ma- the 85 Masters, but we don't have to think about that. I've been waiting a long time. This is the greatest thing I've ever done. This is the greatest feeling I've ever had. I just wish he could have been here.
1: Good stuff. Really good stuff.
0: Um, so that Riley article, <laughs> this was great if faldo the reigning british open champion had jumped happily on the concord monday night he would have taken with him uh the third win by a non-american in the last four majors so turn out the lights in the old north church the british may not be coming after all i saw that
1: pretty good stuff uh, can we do one more to finish up eighty-eight? So yeah. he won twice in May, wins the U.S. Open, and then uh he wins the Nabisco Championship. Do you remember this or what this was no. all about? It's unbelievable. It's like this. It's basically, it's kind of like a modern day Fe, or a old FedEx Cup precursor to the FedEx Cup. So I got to read this uh, this snippet from E.M. Swift. It's like thirty guys at Pebble Beach in November and. and Strange wins it. Here's the Nabisco Championship. Touted by the media as the Super Bowl of golf The Nabisco, which is in its second year, came across more as the yuppie celebrational. Only the top 30 money winners, that sounds familiar, on the 88 PGA Tour qualified. No ifs, ands, or exemptions. The format was designed to assemble the best possible field for a gala fair to crown its season, but it's purely materialistic criteria left some glaring omissions in human terms. Like Tom Watson was left out and he had, you know, obviously was a star and he finished 39th. Seve, you know, didn't play enough events. He didn't make it. The result was a field bland as well. The regular PGA tour. This is the EM Swift. 22 of the 30 contestants had won at least one tour event in 1988, but only six had won two. The only three time winners were strange and Lyle. Uh, whose three victories came in 16 U.S. starts. Besides the prize money, the other thing on everyone's mind last week was: What happens if the money runs out? That is to say, what happens if the leveraged buyout people kill the golden goose and RJR Nabisco is cast to the highest bidder like so much shredded wheat? What happens if, say, Nabisco, which has had long-term, con- which has a long-term contract with the PGA Tour and has invested more than nine million in professional golf this year, was sold off in piecemeal? Triscuit's here, Ritz Crackers there, Chips Ahoy over yonder. We're not afraid of what may or may not happen, said Dean Beeman. We have a long-term agreement with Nabisco. They've made a huge investment of golf the last few years and are just now getting the benefit of that. It would not be a good business decision to terminate our agreement. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Massive kind of sugar daddy. 30 guys at the end of the year. It's kind of just this materialistic cash grab. Nabisco championship
0: you know this this situation with the worries might FedEx
1: you yeah. know there's always there's been academic papers and rumors and conjectures that they the happiest days may not be ahead for them I don't know if it's you know leveraged buyout guys like Nabisco but anyways uh, I, so this is this was a great ending. It certainly would not be a good dis- business decision for the PGA Tour. As for Nabisco, whether it's broken up into Ritz Bits or not, its investment would be enhanced considerably if its year on bash were televised by one of the major networks. It wasn't even e-
0: televised?
1: Well, instead of by ESPN, which used Beeman as a guest commentator and cared so little for the results of the tournament that it cut away from its live coverage on Sunday with Strange on his way to the 14th, tee, 14th hole to broadcast
0: football highlights. They cut out of it. Maybe that's, they were out of their window because they were playing so slow.
1: And it's this massive thing. Strange wins 535 grand, or I'm sorry, 360 grand first prize, and 175 grand for uh, finishing, or I'm sorry, this, this is 89, sorry, 89. All right, So 88 but he this nabisco. He,
0: he topped uh, a million in earnings.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, yep.
0: <laughs> the Nabisco, the original kind of, original FedEx
1: Cup. So he beat Kite. He he uh, stuffed it to, on seventeen in a playoff, and, and wins the Nabisco. In we November. can start
0: calling the FedEx Cup the Ritz Bits Cup. <laughs> the <laughs> the Richie <ritzy> Bitsy.
1: <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, I just wanted to get that in because it, it, it was part of the end of this awesome eighty-eight year. So. His first major year.
0: Um, all right.
1: Was this the year he stopped Palmer? Was that eighty nine? The first million dollar.
0: I th- eighty eight. I think.
1: Eighty eight. Uh, okay.
0: Let's see. I think it was eighty eight.
1: Yeah, that payday made s- the Nabisco. No, it the might pay- have been eighty nine. It might have been. I 89. think it is eighty nine. It's
0: eighty nine. Okay. Um. So, uh, all right. 89, U.S. Open. So kill, they were calling it. Oh yeah, kill. So just kill. Doused and rain every day. Practice Monday, grade. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Every day it rained.
1: Saturday's the first time they ever do split tees, threesomes on the weekend, U.S. Open, because they just delays and s- soaked. So kill.
0: So we got, uh, heading into Sunday, we got Tom Kite. At five under, Scott Simpson at four, Strange at two, and Tom Kite is now has Curtis Strange has handed off the uh, best player without a major tag to old Tom. Oh,
1: this is this sounded dark. Tom (laughs) Kite's final round at Oak Hill. Go ahead.
0: Jumbo Ozaki made a run. Yes. You see that?
1: He became like the primary chaser because it was Scott Simpson and uh, Kite were in the last group and just hitting it all over the place. And Ozaki Jumbo became the major contender against Strange.
0: So there's a good segment of Eric Meeks, the USAM champ, yeah. talked, came off 18 because he played with Strange as the USAM champ. He said, he sure doesn't talk much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw. I read that.
0: Oh, The other that. thing that Strange said about the Faldo playoff was he said that we didn't say more than three words to each other all of Monday.
1: Oh, that Monday? Yeah. <laughs> That's good.
0: I mean, just like a, a crazy competitor, you know?
1: Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh,
0: so, Tom Kite implodes. Here's Rick Riley on Tom Kite. Kite self-destructed, scattering balls all over the place. It was a good day for baseball kite had two doubles and a triple but for (laughs) golf it was awful the most consistent player in the game had gone uh out with an open on the line and shot an eight over par 78 it was one of those days you pray never happens says kite uh, kite's wife christy but it did (laughs) yeah
1: you feel for kite Kite guy who's done some damage
0: here's some more on kite still over kites curly head hung a grand piano in the form of the question when will he ever win a major kite may be the finest underachiever in the game today he has won a dozen tournaments is the pga tour's leading money winner this year and is certain to pass watson and nicholas soon as the game's all-time money winner yet kite has never won a major wow
1: um. All right, is that it on Kite?
0: That's it on Kite.
1: So with the so kill, they said like four guys shot 60, Uh, three guys, Stuart Loner and Jadon Blake shot 66 in the opening round.
0: Jadon, former NCAA champ.
1: So strange. The whole narrative is Hogan, right? Yeah. It's like back-to-back US Open, hasn't been done since Hogan. They try to analogize strange to Hogan, right? Kind of a a hardened guy, Grinder like that. That's all the writing is about. How he's like has a little Hogan in him because he's can be rough around the edges and not most personable guy. Um. So last Friday, Strange caught a touch of Hogan, tying Banta Ben's Oak Hill record with a hard-edged 64 round that included 10 threes and only one missed fairway. On Saturday, he played poorly, shooting a 73 and punished himself Hogan style. By beating practice balls until it was dark, Can you imagine that nowadays, like if some guy was hitting balls until dark on Saturday night at a major championship when he's in one of the final groups, they're like freaking out, like oh, he's lost, no like chance. Like Bryson, <laughs> I guess, I guess that that's from the, I think Rick Riley. Yeah. Um, then Sunday was hell day at the Open. Strange strange was Hogan, they said. His eyes glaring and his face immobile. He made par after golf school par. 15 in a row as ha- ha- havoc rained around him. You talked about Kite's troubles. Um, some of that havoc. 15
0: straight pars. He opens, yeah, the opens US Open. Sunday with 15 straight pars. They make birdie on 16.
1: Here's some of Hill Hell Day. Nicholas hit a chip a half an inch. Kite topped a forward, missed an 18-putt. Eighteen-inch putt. Norman made three straight doubles. Mark oh, Mac- Mark McCumber missed a two and a half foot putt for a par that would have kept him breathing hard on the leaders. Um, so yeah, fifteen straight pars.
0: Um, so he went. He he bogeys eighteen, but it didn't matter uh, to win. Um, His
1: birdie at sixteen is like great. He bird. stepped. He stepped up to dead straight 15 put on 16 and stroked it in for his first birdie in 35 holes. So that poor Saturday and then the par streak on Sunday because if any putt won the open, it was that one. He said in a decade of fat cats and semi stars. this. This is so it's the Hogan's the Hogan narrative is thick at this point in a decade of fat cats and semi stars. The 34 year old strange has separated himself from the pack. So he's just gone back to back. He has carved out a reputation for lockjaw golf, stubbornness, intractability, and intimidation. I think you've got to have a mean streak in you, he says. I feel it comes down to who wants it more, and I wanted a bunch. You can't be afraid to lose. It was enough to make Ben Hogan smile. Anything else? He comes off the green. He goes into the press center. This is Bamberger, please. First thing he says is, move over, Ben. So it's like that kind of rashness that you want from a guy, who, rightly so. Just guy won back to back U.S. Opens.
0: I mean, it's an amazing accomplishment. I, it's only been done, you know, since it, Hogan, Willie Anderson, uh, you know, Godall Bobby Jones, and way a lot of
1: pre-war, pre-war, yeah, Brooksy. Brooksy guy, to it. Uh,
0: and you
1: know, what is it? Six under at Oak Hill at a wet Oak Hill. Or no, that no five six uh, under at Brookline, five two uh, under or two under at O'Kill. two under at uh, Oak Hill. So, like you know, real U.S. Opens. There is no such thing as a real U.S. Open, but you know what I mean.
0: So this is the last tournament he went.
1: Yeah, that was it.
0: He had some. He had a close call. The next, uh, next, uh, or two majors later, at the PGA. It, it, Mel, it was, he finished second, but he wasn't that close. Mel Reed, Mike Reed uh, just like imploded.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Payne Stewart won. Um, Payne Stewart but, won. But where he, was that? Was that Kemper? Kemper, Lakes? yeah. Oh, God. Chicago.
1: That's right.
0: Um, he, he, he made big waves by going just nuts at a photographer on air. Yeah. <laughs> He got heavy, hefty fine in a press release from the tour. It was so bad. When was this? Like what round was
1: this? Final round. He's final round. He's in contention. He's going crazy on the photographer. All yeah. right.
0: So strange. in a statement released by the tour said the remarks were directed at the photographer, not the gallery. Everybody thought he was yelling at the gallery. Oh, really? Yeah. Contrary to what was reported on the television at the time, my outburst was not directed at the gallery, Strange said in his statement. A photographer who should have known better snapped his camera while I was addressing my ball. I backed off the shot, looked at him, and said, give me a break. Then in the middle of my swing, he snapped another picture, which caused me to flinch and shove my shot to the right of the green. Needless to say, my adrenaline was flowing, and hence my outburst. This does not justify what I said. I am truly sorry, and I have learned from this regrettable experience. I want my two sons to know that their dad can see he made a mistake, admit it, and grow from it. Oh, I, want to oh. expre- I want to express my sincere apologies for my language. No excuse could justify my outburst, and nobody feels as badly as I do. Athletes who are in the public eye have a responsibility to conduct themselves in a manner which can set a positive example. In this instance, i failed. I want to know what he said.
1: Just upbraiding. This Photographer, as he's in the contention,
0: he had to have just gone nuclear. I mean, that I mean, is like a big apology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll
1: have to look for that. Maybe try to find that on YouTube. There, I mean, there was one article I read where at the Hope, he yelled at fans for cheering for him too loudly. It's like, there's other players trying to play here, you know? <laughs> like, it was like the article's like, because they deigned to cheer for him. <laughs> he yelled, he was popping off of the crowd every now and then so <laughs> um, all right so, so
0: 1990 he's going okay, for the 3 okay. medina medina um right. so he he so it's it's soft that's the whole story this week yep they had they the rough wasn't that thick they were saying that P.J. Boatwright, the guy, the USGA yeah. guy, had like this, yeah. like was so nice and friendly. Seve's yep. calling it fair, which was a telltale sign. And then it rains on Wednesday. He said it had it exactly where he wants, and, and all of a sudden scores are flying, and it was just not a U.S. Open. You know, the ball was land hitting wherever you landed it. It was hitting. So the S, SIP says. Meanwhile, poor Curtis Strange. Who failed in his attempt? So, like, kind of the narratives, like this wasn't a U.S. Open. Uh, Who failed in his attempt to become the first man to win three uh, U.S. Opens since Willie Anderson did so? Um, Missed only five of fifty-six fairways. He was the most accurate driver in the field, but finished tied for twenty-first at two under. It was, and and this is uh, Greg Norman. It was not like uh, it was not playing like a U.S. Open course. Compared uh, he compared the event's mood with that of the An- Anheuser Busch Classic in Williamsburg, Virginia. Oh. It's sad. The tournament really stopped on Wednesday night when it rained. Everything's so soft that they're firing at the bottom of the flag stick. This week seems to be more of a putting contest than a striking contest. Wow.
1: Anheuser Busch, that's where that was. Uh what's well, that that's strange's home yeah where he lived at king's mill for a while and
0: so strange was only t- he was in the second to last group he was two shots out of the lead going into the into the final yep. round yep <laughs> there's just a couple of funny things peter jacobson <laughs> went nuts on the 17th hole which i guess was redesigned um Most of the damage was the result. Somebody made a triple who was in the cut. Triple bogey on the par 3 17th. A quirky new 168-yard hole over Lake which that slopes severely from back to front. Here's Jacobson. What what a bottom of the outhouse outhouse that is. (laughs) A 17th? Yeah. They also the eighth green was yep. really like is r- was really severe. They mowed it at a different height than all the oh other. My oh my god! No. Uh, all right. Um, all right. So he almost does three in a row. Go ahead. So one. So then he just like he, his game kind of falls off, and, and this was from the the my shot. You yeah. Recall the story at the '91 Open Championship. He said, Alan and I, his brother, roomed together at the British Open at Brookdale in 91. Thursday morning came around and we woke up at the same time. You get in the shower first, I said. I think I'll just lie here. Normally, I was stomping around, raring to get to the course. That was the first evidence of what I now suspect might have been depression. It pretty much spelled the end of my career as a productive player. I got headaches, felt lethargic and fatigued. The last thing I wanted to do was play golf. It may have been a virus of some kind, but after reading about the experiences of Terry Bradshaw, I think it was depression. The outcome of having so many highs and lows over the years. Gradually, I worked my way out of it, but it was devastating.
1: That's interesting. So that's that's a My Shot article with Guy Yoakum in like, yeah. like 2005 or something, 2006. Mm-hmm. So in 93, Like, he just didn't say, he couldn't say what it was. He goes, he blames his poor play on an unnamed malady that has affected him for more than two years. Exhausted and lethargic, he's become so disoriented at times they didn't know where he was. Worse yet, Strange says he didn't care. Doctors at the Mayo Clinic could find nothing medically wrong with him. So Strange was left to cure himself. It was bad. I didn't feel like practicing, so I didn't play well. Because I wasn't playing well, I had an excuse not to leave home. So I stayed home, and it got easier to keep on staying home. And then later in that article, in the Yoakam kind of interview, he says depression. So interesting. That's it, right? 90?
0: Yeah, there's just one, one big piece of controversy out there.
1: 95 Ryder Cup? Yeah. So, I mean, he's kind of not on the map anymore, and he gets a captain's pick to the 95 Ryder Cup at Oak Hill.
0: From Lanny, fellow Wake golfer. From Lanny. He added- so, he's
1: he's 23 on the points list. Uh, Lanny's the captain. Lanny's, you know, a controversial figure, can rub people the wrong way. So, people just assume it's- Father this- of
0: Tucker, for those that don't know. <laughs> That's true.
1: People assume it's just kind of this Wake sort of- uh bias right he puts strange on the team guys 23rd in points he won at oak hill it was six years ago at this point yeah you know? so
0: th- that was the reason for the pick was that it was at oak hill where he won and
1: so that's putting a lot of pressure and strange was like i didn't ask for this i wasn't lobbying for this well, he could have sandy
0: L- he could have pulled the sandy lyle
1: he tried to say, you know, Lanny and I aren't that close. Like, I don't know that, like, I've ever really gone out to dinner with Lanny, even on tour. Like, we have the weight connection, but that's it. So, it's, like, this controversy. People are, like, furious about it. Um, and I think they were heavily, like, the, the Euro tour, the Euro team was kind of down at this point. There was the fab, Rick Riley's article on this was hilarious. Like, the fab four, which so there's no Lyle. It's Woozy, Savvy, Faldo, and who am I missing? You see uh loner yeah, L- bernhard he goes they're not that fab anymore like Sevy can't find the fairway foul those off right now he goes it was the fab four and a volvo full of guys named mark and pure ulrich <laughs> just made me chuckle so they weren't very strong but like the u.s team besides you know strange they weren't great either it was like a bunch of guys like that had like Top 10s, but not wins, right? They played their way on with a bunch of top 10s is what they're saying. Not really distinguished careers and uh, or distinguished seasons, according to Riley. And J- Lee Jansen, I think, got left home when he was like maybe the best player <laughs> in America at that point.
0: Off. <laughs> yeah.
1: So Rick Riley, so, so the pressure's on Strange to do something. And he could have won the cup. He bogeys his three last holes against Faldo and blows it he was in the 16th fairway with faldo in the trees and he bogeyed it from the fairway Bogeyed it from the middle of the fairway here's rick riley america lost the Ryder cup sunday when a simple par by strange on any of the last three holes would have kept it america lost the cup in a week in which nick faldo made two bird two birdies Sevy hit three fairways and the european captain forgot that ian Woosnam existed and america lost the cup with number one u.s player on the pga tour money list lee jansen sitting on his couch at home in florida When Strange got to the hardest miles, the last three holes against Europe's finest, Faldo, with the cup on the line, he staged his own Heimlich festival, making three straight bogeys when one measly par would have been enough. It was Bill Buckner letting three straight balls go through his legs. It was Jackie Smith dropping three straight in the end zone. It was unthinkable, not possible, and yet it happened. Um, It was the beginning of the end for a U.S. team, which subsequently melted in the heat of a white-hot Ryder Cup Sunday. So late September in Rochester. Strange, you know, failed to get up and down at 16. It, it just, and he went 0-3 as a captain's pick, including that three-bogey finish against Feldo, and kind of got branded as the man who lost the Ryder Cup. Um, and, and there was, like, a, a big, which said really cut to him, there was a big, like, SI, it was Riley's article, like, the headline, Ron Man, Ron Time, with strange yeah, over Yeah, there
0: this it. SI follow-up article. Yeah, I've got that, too.
1: Yeah, and so he really got kind of blamed for losing the Ryder Cup because, A, there's the Wake conspiracy. B, he was a captain's pick. C, you know, he hadn't won since the 89 U.S. Open. And then he goes 0-3 and also kind of blows up at the end. And and people talked about, like, one writer put it as, like, well, the three straight bogeys kind of and all the other accomplishments like overshadow the rest of his career, 88 and 89. Um, it's kind of uh,
0: brutal. He, he did an interview with a uh, radio. Yeah, he said Virginia, Richmond. Yeah, I think yeah. radio. When you let Nick out of the bag when you have him beat, it's disappointing. When you let uh, down eleven other guys and the captain, it's even more disappointing. Especially when you were picked for that reason. You were picked to finish off a match and do well on Sunday when the pressure was on. That's all part of my disappointment. I didn't come through. I had eleven guys depending on me. Yeah, you come in as a team and you win and you lose as a team. But I certainly didn't help my ca- cause Sunday afternoon. He it, was crying.
1: Yeah. So this this he really zeroed in on him. This is Bamberger. Immediately following his loss to Faldo, Strange dealt with the situation in his unusual in his usual straight ahead way, providing no nonsense answers to equally direct questions. It wasn't until the closing ceremonies when he spotted his wife, Sarah, crying in the crowd that he cracked. He reacted by burying his face in his left hand, his fingers pressed hard on his temples. It became the image that the US media seized upon. Picture appeared in newspapers, magazines across the country and when it first flashed on the oversized television screen set up on the grounds, his brother Alan turned away in disgust and left the property. Um, and But this like harkens back to 85 masters from my opinion. Like bogeys three of the last holes and just starts talking to the press. And A.Z. had this great quote, the guy has enough hair on his ass to make a ponytail. (laughs) Uh, Just answering all these brutal questions about how he gave it away. And and he admits there's a flaw in my swing, and I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to fight it. Did you see that quote? I didn't. There's a flaw. and This is 95, so it's been a while. I'm not sure how much it's going to fight it. Um, So this, you have anything else on that?
0: It's, I mean, it's just, it's a tough way.
1: They pounced on him.
0: I mean, like, really, his last big golf moment.
1: So this is even, like, it goes into next year, and he got heckled at the Honda. Ugh. Like, JT throwing people off the grounds down in the swamp. This is a random, I think it's like Robinson Holloway. He was playing with Faldo with Eagle at Eagle Trace, the Honda, and some guy starts yelling, bogey, 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 Ryder Cup choker. And Faldo goes over and throws the guy out. 26-year-old Brian Potash of Pembroke Pines, Florida. Uh, he gets thrown out. Um, Potash was not charged with the crime, but Faldo called it was nasty. It was the worst thing I've seen in almost 20 years of playing golf. So I mean, we're talking Honda after a Ryder Cup the previous fall. Strange <laughs> Six said months he- later. Strange said he thanked Faldo, and it was nice of him to to do that and we laughed about it a couple days so here's the heckler this potash guy talking to sports illustrated he returned to the tournament the next day but did not follow strange and maintained he was the one who had been wronged and accused because of thin skin strange strange choked and now he has to pay the price (laughs) in any in any other sport athletes deal with this stuff all the time if i'd done it during his backswing then i could see a problem but he was walking to the green with these guys, anything they want done, it happens and way don't when they don't like someone, they have them
0: removed. I kind per- of agree a little bit with Potash. Not, not I mean, that was pretty mean. It was and what he said it's not like I I disagree with the guy that said get in the bunker.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like yeah.
0: that's only gonna become more of a problem with this gambling stuff for yeah, golf yeah, like yeah. guys are going to be rooting against guys but yeah the heck that that was we crossed the line but i do agree that they like every other sport athletes deal with you way deal worse
1: with He goes, everything's perfect in the world but we've got to pay 50 dollars to play golf so he came back talked to sports illustrated
0: i can't believe bogey they, bogey they bogey interview in potash
1: bogey 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 choker i mean so that 95 thing was brutal uh real quick what a on die the diehard
0: ca- fan. He knows exactly what what he did, and then he goes Seriously. to the Honda two straight days. He goes after he got kicked out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so then uh Strange becomes the Ryder Cup captain. He only played on one winning team, I think. Yeah, eighty three. Because they lost 85-87 tied in eighty nine, and then the ninety five disaster. So he becomes the 01 captain that gets pushed back because of nine eleven captain's team at 02 at the belfry um and it's tied going in so there was some thought that they didn't want to make strange the captain after brookline because there was so much drama with like running on the green fans euros just are furious so like why do we really want to make strange who's been known as like a brash guy do we want to make him the captain and Diaz Jaime wrote this long, uh, this like column about like to choose anyone else would be to validate the specious claims of some extremely poor losers. And so they made him the captain. It gets pushed back a year. He made Scott Verplank and Azinger his uh, captain's picks, which became controversial because Verplank was 37 and never played. He became the first Ryder Cup's captain's pick to play uh, as a rookie at, at that time. And Azinger... Finished twenty second in the points, which is kind of like a déjà vu at a strange in ninety five. Yeah, um, but the big drama. So it gets it's it's tied. He's dealing with Tiger. It's tied eight eight. I think, <clears throat> and um, he put all all his weaker guys out front. Yeah, and uh, who was it? Sam Torrance. Sam Torrance put all his muscle up for, uh, in the lead, and so he put. Davis Love III, Mickelson, and Tiger in the end, and the cup was lost before they could do anything about it. And McGinley, Paul McGinley of Ireland, once the captain got it wrong, one captain got it wrong and one captain got it right, said Paul McGinley. And here's uh, here's Rick Riley. In the perfect Ryder Cup, A, Sergio Garcia would drink decaf, the home team wouldn't make the rules, and C, Curtis Strange would be given the wrong dates. Harsh. Man. Last week's, but last week's Ryder Cup at the Belfry, in the place that Charm...
0: no punches.
1: Last week's Ryder Cup at the Belfry, in the place that Charm forgot, Birmingham, England, was anything but perfect. Start with Captain Strange, who was given more gifts to Europe than the Marshall Plan. As a player in 95, he bogeyed the last three (laughs) holes when par on any of them would have kept the cup. This time he drew up the dumbest starting lineup since the 1962 Mets, sabotaging an America team that was as heavily favored as a hurricane over a ladybug. <laughs> he placed, you know, Tiger Phil at the end of his end of his lineup. But Azinger came to his defense. He's by far the best captain I've ever played for. I hate that we lost, but it, it, strange. Like is is not too controversial. Like he keeps his comments to himself. That's all. Azinger goes. They had nobody at the end. Well, not nobody, but McGinley, Nicholas Foss, Pierre Folk, Philip Price, and Parnavuk were so off form before the Ryder Cup they practically run out. Of, they were practically run out of the countries. Yet, not one of them lost. Amazing. So it was like a Sunday singles disaster, and Rick Riley pounced on it.
0: I remember watching that. That yeah, uh, it was not yeah. a good, not a good scene.
1: Anything else? I think Bamberger had a little bit on his TV work, you know. I, that's I,
0: I, I was I wanted to ask you this question. Is I feel like Strange's career gets diluted because he has and I feel like this happens with players that go into the booth because yeah. they their their career accolades almost get diluted because they have this second life as a personality.
1: That could be. You 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 start to identify with them more as that personality than the player with the accomplishments.
0: Yeah, and like you know they what they, are but like you know you 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 get so used to seeing them in that role that you forget like oh he won two U.S. Opens in a row, but like you know you you forget that he was like the best player of American player of of his for probably four four years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The yeah. last
1: bit of controversy stuff that's kind of like become part of his legacy is the stuff with Tiger too.
0: Oh, we should talk about that real quick. I we, mean,
1: you'll, the you'll learn, which yeah. actually we did a Q&A with Dylan Desher of golf.com on that specific video. He's doing a series on like Tiger YouTube videos. It's I think coming that'll up be up this morning. Yeah, Monday morning, golf.com. Oh, so Monday we're not gonna, morning or i'm sorry friday morning friday, friday morning My, every day is the same i thought it was sunday night for a minute but it's thursday night uh so that'll be on golf.com that, yeah we don't need to talk about it more i
0: mean we could talk a little bit about it sure but i think but that I, that clip gets taken out of context so badly because so you don't to see the rest of the interview
1: it's tiger's first pro event right or as a pro uh gmo
0: yeah, yeah gmo Yeah.
1: And he goes, you know, Tiger says, "My goals are to play four good rounds and win." And what does Strange say? He like,
0: like scoffs, yeah. and he goes, and he's You're like, "Like it's win? not that
1: there's a lot of guys out here, you know, trying to do that. It doesn't come that easy." Because well, you know, I tell my dad, second sucks, and third is worse. He goes, "You'll learn, you'll learn." And of course, it's now like the ultimate freezing cold take based on what Tiger did after that.
0: Yeah, and I think it was like a moment where there was so much hoopla around this young star that I think a lot of the pros on tour and obviously like Tiger Sided endorsement deal that was bigger than anybody that was playing on the tour before this. True, And I think there was a lot of jealousy on the tour. Yeah. And I think that like one of the things that happened with that interview was that like Curtis Strange, who was still playing on tour, I mean, he was playing the very
1: end. Yeah, the end of his kind of, career right before he kind of is switching to tv he's doing part tv but he
0: he went into that interview thinking i'm gonna i'm gonna stand up for all the all the guys on the tour you know yeah and like i'm gonna interview this guy tough i garrett garrett morrison did a friday story on on tiger's uh yeah tiger's gmo GMO, and he interviewed curtis about this and it was an interesting perspective he talked about like how he was going to do a tough interview you know and yeah. how they, most of the tour players, they didn't know that much about Tiger.
1: Right, right. I did find something in a Bamberger article about some other, like they worried about maybe the O2 Ryder Cup, because yeah, Tiger's bigger than life at that point. But uh, I guess Strange popped him way back for like w- skipping one of the tournaments that gave him an, uh, an exemption before he was a pro. As Strange said, uh, "This tournament, I think it was uh, something in Atlanta. I'm sorry, forgot it. Um, but it's like this tournament was one of a few uh, to give him a spot. Sorry, hold on a sec. It was the Buick Challenge in Pine Mountain, Georgia, and he didn't need the free free spot anymore. Obviously, Woods ninety six ninety six. He's a rookie." Seven tournament sponsor exemptions. But the time he came to number seven, he didn't need it. So he skipped it. And this pissed off Strange. He goes, this tournament was one of seven to help him out in the beginning, Strange said. How quickly he forgot. Tiger didn't forget Strange's comments. You can be certain of that. Was Strange, like Woods, to play his tournament, the Michelob? That's Kingsmill. Of course. Has Woods played in it? He has not. So there was like a little tension with Tiger around that. And then the interview in 97. So That was '96 first seven starts so that's it the big tiger interview what's the legacy i
0: think uh i I mean i think he's got to be a hall of famer
1: i think so too he is a hall of famer 2007 hall of fame induction
0: he's he was really a really really great player you know yeah and He was he was the best player in America, for probably you'd say five years. If you went
1: minimum five years, at least eighty five to eighty
0: nine, he was the best player in in America.
1: Eighty
0: four to eighty nine, yeah, one two back to back U.S. Opens. That's That's, yeah, three money titles. I had the Masters heartbreak.
1: Had a lot of top tens over the years. Like not. Go ahead.
0: The fact that we don't have the money title anymore sucks. That it's the FedEx Cup and it's like this contrived points race that doesn't yeah. actually cuz like the money title actually like meant something. Right. Versus like right. oh like you, this FedEx Cup you can win, you know, two you could win you could win 11 events in a year and lose the FedEx Cup. Right. I I
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess.
0: You could. But like, don't d- we still have money lit? Money, but it's not a like a part of discussion of players anymore. Yeah, because like the money list meant something. Like, oh, you had a really great year.
1: Order of merit.
0: Yeah, it ob- it almost to me means more than like in terms of looking historically back. It's a yeah. better historical marker because like VJ winning that FedEx Cup kind of yeah. came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. That was not his peak year.
0: Mm-hmm. But people might look at it in history and be like, "Oh, he won the FedEx Cup."
1: Maybe. I don't know. Distant history. Don't think line. this
0: is this is going to we're going to have <laughs> this part in history. So, I think like man,
1: the 80s PGA Tour seemed to be Bad. weak compared to say like there's just not that sort of like L's, Phil this is just the depth VJ that came along of like really up echelon players in my opinion maybe I'm wrong here maybe but I'm not saying it was there was a talent of course there was uh but it just doesn't seem you had like great historical was
0: on the downside of his career you know it was like it was Scott kite Simpson. and
1: Stadler kite and Stadler were two of the better ones in terms of money. Scott Simpson, um, and all those guys were in Europe. Those that that Fab Five.
0: I mean, Sevy d- played a lot of uh, in America.
1: Lyle well, did too. I and just Nor- I'm not down-
0: Nor- Norman played a ton in America. Yeah, like that, uh, you know. So certainly, I would I, say
1: I'm not. That's not to downgrade Strange at all. Uh, he's in my Hall of Fame.
0: I, I, think, I think he's you have the, to. towards the bottom. I there is something here's like where I I've been just kind of thinking about a lot of stuff is like, it seems like there's like, you know, longevity is important and everything, but the, there's like a common thread that these guys for the most part are like 15 year guys. And then there's like abnormal, really long career guys. Right. Sure. And, like if you like look at there's like 15 really good years and and there's five like if you if you kind of look at think about it that way there's like a peak five-year run a 10-year run and then 15 is it seems to be where we see a lot of guys fall off right right like yeah i mean like vj's VJ it was a special circumstance because it took him so long to get to America, but he was like 35. Or he had like 10 great years from mid 30s to mid 40s. Right. You know, Woozy had 10, 11 years.
1: The Joey D years for VJ 40 plus. Yeah. Or a big, big boost.
0: Um, Sandy Lyle had 10 years. 10. Omira had, you know, early and then kind of nothing. Not,
1: not ten probably.
0: Not he but like that's where you're kinda of, you starting to see and so if you look at Strange at ten years it's pretty pretty damn good. It'd be pretty yeah. impressive. Through the eighties and then, you know, extra good through the second half of the eighties. So And Monty Monty had ten really good years.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, All right. Yeah. He's A- in Hall of Fame.
0: Probably shades towards the, he's definitely below your, I think I'd put him below Duvall.
1: Would you put him in kind of with Sutton?
0: No, he's, Sutton's not in.
1: Oh, you didn't put Sutton in. Okay.
0: I, I'd put him in Monty in the same breath. Oh, God. That would piss off strange if you told him.
1: I would think. <laughs> I won two fucking US opens.
0: Monty won eight straight orders of marriage.
1: I know, I know, I know.
0: <laughs> Monty was insane. I know. All right. It, it, you know, strange strange was a better better dresser than Monty.
1: Okay, there you go. I'll put po- I'll look for some photos, find some good Curtis Strange photos. I
0: loved do you see that Nike uh yeah, the block. Yeah, oh, the so block good. Nike.
1: They are, yeah, he sounded like this sort of a uh, much smaller scale, this like Palmer type, you know, good-looking American, red-ass, like marketable guy, they thought. So, all right, that's a full two hours, Andy.
0: Oh, God.
1: Full course meal going into the weekend. Just,
0: Keep getting longer. You know,
1: chew on it. Enjoy it. Talk. I think we're not going to do three long. of these. We might stop doing 3 of these in a week cuz it's just a lot of time for you, for us. But we'll see. We'll talk about it. We we're might, enjoying yeah. it.
0: We're we're going yeah. We'll we'll have one on Monday. Yes, we will. Who knows? we're kicking around some names. We got to decide cuz I want to uh want to be done. I want to be researching. Okay. Early, but we got right. kicking around. Everyone maybe, maybe, just... I'll, maybe I'll put a, a vote up. V- vote? Okay, we can do that.
1: Everyone uh, enjoy your weekends, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will check in with you on Monday.